Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Raw Makers Podcast. The one-stop shop for courage, confidence and mindset building. Also bringing you all the aspects of mental health awareness, business and entrepreneurship. We are your hosts, Adam Ellis and Jason Borman of the Raw Makers Coaching. Well, tonight, guys, we're going to be learning a little bit more about the Raw Makers and one member of the Raw Makers team, which is Adam Ellis uh, in particular. So we're going to be, I'm going to be interviewing Adam a little bit more about his story, um, his background, and little challenges that he's had along the way. I'm going to be really diving deep with Adam tonight and finding out lots and lots. So without further ado, let's bring him on. My co-host, my co-CEO. And in true Adam fashion, he comes on with a bag. Right. Anyway, so Adam. That is my name. So September we started this podcast. And we did like a couple of episodes that were just about us and we interviewed one another. So I thought that, you know, this is a nice stop gap. Let's do this again this week um, and next week. So obviously next week um, I'm going to be interviewed by Adam. Give you a heads up on that. And um, we'll get back to getting guests on after that. And um yeah, so September we started the podcast. What's changed since then? Where are you now on your sort of journey? Um, well, since... the benefit of our listeners and viewers, obviously I know. <laughs> Within yourself as well, I want to hear like how you're feeling in yourself. Well, since September, I was only, I would say, a newly qualified and accredited coach. Coming up towards now, I am nearly, not quite, but nearly an NLP Master Practitioner. Just got to do the second exam for that. Yes, I love that. I'm also certified in AI now, with the one and only Lindsay Cap. So if you're ever thinking about AI, I suggest you go and check out lindsaycapcoaching.com and get yourself on the AI course. So needed. And in myself, I think that's it. Yeah, they're the only two main changes. And in myself, I feel better. I feel more confident. I feel like I've got more courage. You know that what we symbolise. My mindset's changed quite a lot. Still have the the down days, but. You know, it's it's not part of being human, but yeah. It's not the day that you have, it's how you deal with it that is the outcome. Yeah. And that's the difference. We still have down days as coaches, but we don't wallow there for days and days and days. We know how to kind of get ourselves back to ourselves. 
um, quicker than we would have if we hadn't studied what we studied. And yeah, that's it. But it doesn't stop us being human first and foremost and having bad days and like, well, I wouldn't even call them bad days. It's more like days where you just don't feel like 100% you, you know what I mean, or aligned with what you believe in and things just feel kind of almost like you got the hoover on the wrong settings and, you know, you change, change floors and, you know, it starts to friction and, you know, it doesn't run as smoothly as it would if you had it on the right setting. Um, so that's how I visualise that. That's a great analogy. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about the EI course that you went on. Because I too have done that and it's an amazing course. So I just want to find out like, what you thought about it. Like, um, I'm sure Lindsay will do an interview with you at some point. So it's good to kind of practice what you could say and, yeah, uh, about it. I mean... At first, before I went on the course, I was a bit iffy and jiffy about it. But obviously then I saw you do it, and I commented on your post. And then of course, got on the, the call with Lindsay, and of course I was like, yep, I'm doing it now. I'm not going to say what she said, because that's a bit of a tease. I am a tease. But before the course, I was a bit, eh. After the course, I'm like, fuck yeah. So, courses in general, like how, how much like, do you feel that, you know, investing in yourself and putting the time into learning something new has helped you? I mean, I would say there's a lot of courses out there and a lot of courses are just complete bollocks. You pay a lot of money to get fuck all from. But with VI, it is, I would say, one of the best courses, if not the best course, you could do. And it doesn't cost a lot. I mean, it, it is quite a bit, but it's not as much as you would think. I don't know what the prices are, but they're around five to six hundred pound, or six fifty for eight weeks but in them eight weeks you learn a hell of a lot about yourself stuff you yeah. didn't know i'm not sure whether she's put her prices up a little bit but uh yeah so she's bat registered now and things like that but yeah um and she's quality so she can afford to charge way more for that course than she was charged. but um, it, you you learn a hell of a lot more about yourself than you you would have ever known if you didn't take it. But not only that, you meet some fantastic people along the way. Because you're all on the journey together. You're all you're all start at the same level and you finish at the same level. But people have the different ways of interpreting it. Some might gain more from it, some might not gain as much. But that's yeah. just up to our needs really. It depends on the person. But you start as strangers and you finish as friends. Because you're on the journey together. And it is a really close-knit 
group, isn't it, when you go on a course like that, because everyone's sort of diving deep and going to real kind of, like, it's like you under the microscope, and it's like, but, you know, it's needed to be able to, you know, you've got to put yourself in darkness in order to come out into the light, and, yeah, all needs kind of going through, and, um, and it's so helpful that other people are going through it as well, and you're not doing it alone, and that's a really good part of the course, I think. I will say this though, before I did the course, I was lost. I didn't really know myself. And after the course, it's like, it's like you're a different person. You're still the same person, but you're a different person. Because you know more about yourself and how to turn the dials down and up on your empathy, your self-regard, your self-awareness your stress levels, all these, because you've got 15 areas. There's 15 areas of your life that most people don't know anything about. Yeah, so for the benefit of viewers and listeners, you might not know what we're talking about now. So EI is emotional intelligence. And we went on a course that taught us how to balance our 15 areas. So things like empathy, self-regard, um, independence, all these are different add-ins within your emotional intelligence. And you can be too high in them or too low and um, or balanced, which is what we're after. You know, we were after a balance of between 90 and 110 on something called an MA, MS or MHS model of emotional intelligence, which is like a report. You know, it's an American-based report that tests you in the highest category of professionals. So if you can get like a really good score within that, um, I somehow achieved like 100 for my, for my final report of 100. So and that, she said that was really hard to do. So I'm like, what? Must have done. But I was just working on me. I didn't really go out Kind of, I didn't know what I needed to do to get 100, it's just that's what it came back as. And I just felt so kind of good after the course. It was like I was on a different cloud, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah, I had more awareness, I had more, I was very attuned to me and how I was feeling. I was able to notice things really quick. Um, I took action towards kind of preventing me, you know, things like hunger drives my anger, drives my stress, drives my, but just having that awareness around what is causing you to act in a negative way, you know, I'd be touchy with family members, I'd be, you know, and it's because I was hungry, like, you know, I'm hang hungry, kind of, turns to hangry <laughs> for me, um, so I need to keep that in check in order to kind of have a, uh, and be myself at all times, you know what I mean? And not let the 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 hangry monster come out. <laughs> so things like that. And you just learn so much about yourself and things that have been playing out for years, you know, come to the surface and we look at them and it's 
um, so amazing to be able to do like that and realize that it's, oh, that's because my you know, impulse control is really low or that's because my self-regard is really low or, oh, I'm too much, you know, over the top, like with expression and stuff like that. So I need to turn that down a little bit and people might warm to me more uh, or, you know, things like that. Or I need to bring it all up, you know, because I'm too low in everything. Um, uh, I'm not very emotionally kind of there at all. So I need to kind of bring a lot of things up to a balance. So I'm gaining out of situations as opposed to just giving everything away. You know, it's a mute. Communications are like mutually beneficial once you've learned and um, once you've learned EI. Um, for sure, you're getting a lot from it. So, yeah, so if there was one specific thing that you feel like it's changed within you, because I mentioned, you know, you mentioned you felt different afterwards. So, if you could put your finger on, you know, what made the biggest shift, maybe, or what specifically you feel like you I've noticed a difference in you but I can't really put a thing right but maybe you haven't read your report and stuff like that you might be able to kind of say what what happened and where you've come up and where you've gone down and what the shift has been if I could put a thing on it I'd say self-regard so loving yourself more or putting yourself on the list is important. Yep. Rather than, you know, low self-regard is, you know, you're the last thing that you think about. You put everyone's needs before yours. And it's usually paired with a really high empathy. Yep. For other people. Which mine was. And, like, quite low independence and stuff like that. And, um, because... Yeah, it's kind of like you're people pleasing in a way. Yeah. And things like that. And it's kind of, so it's really powerful to learn that so that you can, so I can imagine that is a big shift. It was a big shift for me as well. Like putting myself on the list and important. Like I did that to some extent, you know, with my close family and stuff like that, but not as much as I probably should have or could have. And so bringing that up now, I set boundaries. I, I, I give myself my me time and I allow my cup to refill before I can then give it to other people. Whereas before I was just like, have it all, have all my energy, like, you know, have all my time, have all my, you know, resources. And I'll just be kind of spent in every area, like, and struggling and then I would get you know moody and aggravated and you know but it's no wonder because I wasn't coming from a full place um so if this is kind of resonating with any of you then you know I'd love to kind of hear your comments and your thoughts on it so just leave a couple of comments on the video or on YouTube or reach out to us on Facebook and just have a further discussion with
it's about it. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts. But, so moving on from kind of emotional intelligence, um, NLP. NLP. So NLP is Neuro Linguistic Programming. Um, Adam's now done a course to train to be master, NLP practitioner. And you're very nearly there with completing that. Yep. Um, just a few weeks ago, and I'm really excited to finally call Adam NLP master. Because, yeah, but it kind of really makes a solid foundation for coaching. Um, and yeah, we've got two powerhouses ready to serve. And um, yeah, I'm really excited for what the future's going to bring. And um, NLP is another thing that I feel everyone would benefit from learning. Even if you don't coach anybody with it, just for your own, sorting out your own traumas and your own kind of. Um, having been coached on using NLP, I feel it's really you can pick up some really good tools. And doing a course with other people learning it means they get need to practice, which means they need people like you. You know, they're maybe not doing it for coaching reasons, but you might just want to learn how to, you know, understand what's going on in the mind and what's going on within the body and that there is this link system and that we, you know, we have like different techniques and skills that you can use for everyday life, like building confidence, maintaining confidence, maintaining any emotional state that you want to kind of keep hold of. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit about your NLP journey, because I've not really spoke to you about this, so I'm intrigued as well. Like, <laughs> How's it been for you, and what have you noticed within yourself changed since before? You know, not really knowing about NLP till now. What's changed? There's been big changes. I mean, it's not it's not been an easy road because obviously you've got to also with the training you've got techniques to practice, and obviously some of the techniques are quite hard to grasp your head around at the beginning but also the more you do it the it's like second nature so nlp techniques is like driving a car the first time you do it you're like what the f well then the more you do it the, the easier it gets because you you know the techniques and you know what which step goes where so the journey was it's been a great journey it's it's definitely improved my confidence a hell of a lot. Yeah, I can see. I think that's what it is, you know. Like there's a like a inner confidence coming out now. You know what I mean? Having done both emotional intelligence and NLP, I look pretty much alongside one another as well. That's that. Like that must have been a heck of a you know. When those two were going on together, that must have been a heck of an eight week transformation. Oh yeah, because then on the, the Tuesday you got your AI, then the Wednesday you got your workshop, and it's like, oh. Yeah, so it's kind of, oh, your mind went for a 
best thing about NLP for me is obviously you coach the people on the NLP. So whoever's doing the workshops at the time, you coach them. But you never know what story they're going to bring. So you don't always work with the same person every week. You, you work with different people. And you never know what they're going to bring. So trying, because there was one, I'll call them clients because that's what they are. There was one client where I was doing, what technique was I doing? Oh, I can't remember now. So while you think of that, I'm just going to fill in. So we did, um, our, we did our NLP course through the coaching masters. You know, they're up and coming sort of. Like they're going to be a huge powerhouse in the world of coaching courses and things like that. Um, they already are in our eyes, obviously, but um, there are probably bigger schools out there, but there's not better schools out there, in my opinion. Like, you know, these guys are like top notch. I think I was doing the, the timeline. Not the timeline 2.0, not that one, but in practitioner, you have a timeline one. Yeah. And I had one client, I won't name names, but I had one client who had this story. But when I was trying to do the technique, I knew it weren't fitting with what she was saying. Because every time I was asking her questions for the technique, she kept going off on a tangent. So I was getting nowhere. Because she couldn't put dates on anything. She couldn't do this, couldn't do that. I was like, well, this technique ain't working. I know you're supposed to learn that technique on that thing, but I made a judgment call to say, well, this technique ain't working. So then, instead of learning that technique, I switched it to a coaching session. And we just had a coaching session, which worked better because I was getting somewhere, but at the same time, I weren't getting anywhere because she kept going off on a tangent every time I asked a question. So I was like, well, this ain't going anywhere. The fun client. The fun client. (laughs) So I was like, well, this ain't getting anywhere. So you keep talking, I'll keep quiet. And that's what we did. Because no matter what question I asked, she was always off on a tangent about this, that, or the other. And I'm like, well, it doesn't really help me. Because you're not really answering my questions specifically. You're just going off in your own little bubble. So when you've done coaching, and when, if it's our listeners and viewers out there who just starting coaching or our coaches or thinking about coaching there's certain technique when you get into it you will know which technique to use with the client so they could bring you a stuck because you should never i say you shouldn't but you should never really plan out your session with i'm going to use this technique this technique and this technique because every client is different and you never know what story they're going to bring so there's no point in, like, today we're going to do timeline 2.0, we're going to do advanced anchoring, and we're going to do goal setting. That's the plan for today. 
I mean, you could do that, but it's not going to be as powerful as, you know, listening to your client in the moment and serving them with what they need in that moment. You know, they can always bring stuff from memory or stuff they might not have worked on a process, you know, but you're never going to really serve them in that moment unless you're kind of listening and taking on board what they're, you know, wanting to bring in that moment. Well, that's the thing, because you never know what story they're going to give. So you can't really designate a technique for that client if you don't know what they're going to bring. So if you're new to coaching, I mean, I thought, you know, I'm going to plan all my sessions out. We're going to do this, do this. It's a lot of bullshit. It, it doesn't work. Tried it once, didn't work. So when you get into coaching a few more, you get to know your client. You get to know their story and then you get to know what technique will serve them at that time. So there could be someone with a trauma in the past, but it when you're asking questions, this, this trauma in the past keeps coming up. So then you know you could use, right, we could do a timeline technique, go back in the past to see what happened at that specific date, time, place, who was involved. And then we can bring them back to the, the present, see how it's changed, go into the future, do your advanced timeline, your timeline 2.0. But you can never really judge the story. Because one week they could bring you this trauma, the next week it could be a completely different story. It's just like, well, that timeline ain't going to work for that. Let's do anchoring. Maybe they want to feel, when they're going into the job, they want to feel that confidence that, they had when there was 12 maybe 15 so you can either do the circle of excellence or you can do a, an anchor where you can just trigger at any time either pressing the rear beating the chest pinching the finger no matter what the anchor is they can bring it in that moment yeah for our listeners and viewers an anchor is something you set like you know using body parts or and it links to an emotion or feeling or memory or something that you want you feel would be useful you know uh, to bring up as and when you need it you can set an anchor for it so it could be yeah like having said pinching the earlobe or you know clenching fingers um there is a if you want to know what an anchor looks like if you have Netflix, go on Netflix and watch Tony Robbins. His, oh, what was it called? No, I can't remember. I'm not your guru. I am not your guru. If you watch I'm not your guru by Tony Robbins on Netflix, before he goes out on stage, watch what he does. That is an anchor. He will do maybe five, ten jumps on the trampoline. That's to psych him up. He'll walk up some steps. Before he goes out in the curtain, watch what he does to his chest. He beats his chest. And that, he does that spin thing as well. That's like, you know, ooh, that's a great way to exit the circle of exit. That is an anchor. He's bringing back their emotions, that feeling that he felt the first time he went on the stage. And you can trigger it any time. Because you don't want... With anchoring, you don't want to do a 
what I call a stupid anchor. You don't want to do it where you're going to look silly in public. You want to do it where you can do it discreetly. So, like, pinching the ear, you could just be, like, rubbing in a little pinch. Or you could do, you could, like, say you're moving your arm, you could pinch your fingers. Something that doesn't look silly in public. <laughs> no. So it has like rewired your brain, really, hasn't it? Yeah, it's 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 changed the mindset in in a good way, because I think before NLP, I don't actually know. I mean, probably could do a timeline to see how it was, but won't bring anything up. So I think before NLP, it was like one of the mindsets, like uh, do I have to do that? Oh, fuck, I'll do it later. That that was me. Oh, can you do this? I'll, I'll do it in a bit. Just I'll do it later. I'll I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, I know I said I'll do it tomorrow. And it's tomorrow, but I'll I'll do it tomorrow. I'll I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it. Just, just fuck off. That was me pretty much. But after doing coaching and NLP and it, it's definitely rewired my mindset. And just going back on, on the techniques, there was one technique I had done to me, which if you're on an AOP program, it's week 20. It's called dissecting the memory. Now that technique... Like 
a lot of the time because people don't want to express it. But at the end of the day, it's not needed to be able to make the system successful. As long as that person can see and like pull things apart and yeah, kind of get the information, then that's that's all we need. And yeah. A really really powerful so again another bit of value like you know without kind of telling everyone like you know all about the nlp techniques and stuff sort of because um, that's like quite a you know takes quite a lot of, to get your head around some of those techniques and um there's there's a certain principles that nlp kind of um governs itself on or kind of sort of like your moral compass when you're learning NLP. So, which one of them kind of presuppositions kind of stood out for you? As either shocking or related? Well, I would say that the one that really stood out was the map is not your territory. That's... Because I... Just explain what that means to you. So when we talk about our map or my map, it's your perspective on what you see. Mm-hmm. Basically, everyone has a perspective of of the world. We're we're not. So before I did NLP, I always used to say, "Well, that's wrong." you're wrong no it's this no that's that's not it you're wrong it's this i was dead adamant so you're fucking wrong it's this i know but learning nlp (laughs) so learning nlp and learning about the map is not your territory is a big eye-opener because I can just say something that you might not agree with, but that's my map. That's the way I see it. That's the way I hear it. That's the way I feel it. You might have a different view. So I'm not wrong and I'm not right, and you're not wrong and you're not right. You're right to yourself and I'm right for myself. It's it's my map. That's the way I perceive it. And that's what it means to me. Basically, like the terrain, so the world that we live in is the territory, and I've got a different view or, or map um, than Adam. And we're both trying to navigate in the same world, but with very different instructions. So it's kind of, yeah. So being able to adopt, okay, Adam's got a good point there. What is the cliff, you know, is that way? Or, you know, what if there is a slope here, like, Am I just going to like keep walking straight forward and then I might climb it and fall down on my face? But, you know, and Adam might have been right. So in order to have wisdom, we need to be able to take on other people's perspective and see them as, you know, possible rather than know that's wrong. Because it contradicts my math and my math is right. <laughs> but it, 
So if everyone learned NLP, that would mean there would be very few conflicts in the world. Because everyone would have that understanding that the mass is not the territory. So what you're thinking and feeling is just your opinion. The strongly held opinion. The belief. Okay, so our beliefs are strongly held opinions. So they can be broken and they can be doing all my coaching in one sitting I was like well I'll, I'll do coaching first maybe give it a year or so I'll do NLP and maybe give it a few months after that I'll probably do AI but no I was like straight into the accreditation right I've done that straight into the NLP as well as the NLP straight into AI yeah which has made you a phenomenal phenomenal coach in a short amount of time Right. You've definitely got all the learning there that makes you a really good coach. Yeah. And you kind of rocket ship your kind of your your growth sort of thing. So how does that feel for you? It's still going up. I've I've not pivoted yet, it's still going up. It, it still will be, right. It's always going up. But I'm, you put the fire in that's made it quite a trajectory, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and to me, I've been doing coaching like a year longer than you. So it's kind of, you know, pretty much now done most of the training that I've done, and you're there with the coaching for sure. Like, um, and like, yeah. Like, so what sort of next year? Where are you going to take these skills, and what are you going to like go and do with them? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I'll definitely take the skills and the knowledge to help the people that need the help. And again, that word need gets chucked around a lot. But there are people out there in need of help. They're the ones I'm looking for. Now, if along the way, some other people... Or other men or females come up to me and say, oh, can you just help me with this, this and this? I'm not going to turn them down. I'm like, yeah, I'll help you. But the people I'm interested in are the people in need. So I'll, I'll narrow it down even more because that's a broad spectrum. So my aim is to try and get the male suicide rate down. Because it's a very high number. But again, there's no one. It's close to my heart because, you know, I tried to, you know, I had suicidal thoughts at one point. And, like, my mental health was really shocked. And, yeah, before I found coaching, I was kind of in a place where I was, yeah, I was like, what's the point? 
Um, so hearing you say that is this submission I want to be part of. Um, yeah, for sure. And how are we going to do that? You know, it's by just being that bigger, being those figures ready and waiting for someone to reach out. And obviously doing a lot of the legwork ourselves. You know, asking if people are really okay. I'm not just taking that first answer as, you know, the truth. You know, anyone can say, they're, yeah, I'm fine, but I'm not. And you need to be able to see that as coaching. And, and we will. Now, I, I know I'm not going to be able to save everyone. I'm not Superman. I'm not invincible. I'm only human. I can only do as much as I can do. But if I can get them figures half, or if I can just save one male in every five suicides, then that's good enough for me. Because I've, I've saved someone from killing themselves. Now, yeah, I don't like people killing themselves. I always think I could have helped them, I could have done more. But again, I'm not Superman. I'm only one person. If I could save one man in every five men who kill themselves, then that's a big change. Uh, so, so true. And um, we can't beat ourselves up for not helping everyone. Like, that's just an impossible task for just two, two people. Like, what we can do is create an awareness and, you know, we can teach um, signs and other people. We can teach these skills to other people um, so that more people are searching for that sort of thing as well. Um, you know, even if I just have one person not kill themselves, like, that's the number that would have been on the statistics if, you know, I didn't help them. So that to me is enough, but... Obviously, you know, the dream is to kind of really get that number down because it is shocking. You know, that number is one of the highest, you know, brackets. 25 to 40 years old, males, um, one of the highest. So I want to kind of promote male vulnerability. You know, it's okay to cry, guys. It's okay to need help. It's okay to express emotion. Just, just feelings. Like, you know, how is you know you being less human more manly? There is one thing I'd like to say though. Uh, if you're not in our group of our community on Facebook. Courage and Confidence Community Hub with Jason and Adam, then get yourself in there because there's a lot of value and a lot of supportive people in there who can help. But if you're not in that group, every Sunday, unless we're taking a break, we do a live. And on one of them lives, I think it was two weeks ago, I wanted to start a trend. Some people did. But I want to carry it on. So every listener and viewer that is listening to us on Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, YouTube. If you have Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, I want you to hashtag male vulnerability and hashtag it's okay not to be okay. Let's spread the message worldwide. Let's get this trend going. Let's get every man out there to know it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to have feelings. It's okay to have emotions. It's okay to talk about it as well. I know there's this big stigma around I can't air my daughter's dirty laundry or I can't share what's going on inside, but that is the absolute bullshit. And on on the, the bullshit things, there's one thing I cannot stand. One one saying. It's two two words. One saying I cannot fucking stand. And that is man up. Man up what? What is a fucking man up? A man up the fucking roof? A man up the ladder? A man up your ass crack? What is a man up? The robbery street to women as well, but yeah. When I hear women using it as well. But you never see anyone go to a woman and say, a woman up. That's the whole stigma, isn't it? Yeah. Females that have a problem with sharing their emotions and feelings with one another. Some do, but you know, majority as a kind of, you know, as a gender, they're pretty open people. If you know what I mean? And it's not all males as well. Like, you know, we've obviously found a place where we can air our dirty laundry and we feel comfortable, kind of, you know, sharing stuff. It's okay. Like, you know, it's a necessary part of the process of healing. So how can you expect to heal if you keep it all inside, guys? So, you don't have to talk to your friends if you don't want to at first. Like, they're probably the hardest people. So come and find a stranger. Come and find someone who don't know you. Won't judge you. And talk about what's going on for you before you go and, you know, end your life. And do, you know, or bottle it up so they might all run away or, you know, neglect your, you know, responsibilities or, you know, whatever it is that's going on for you, you know, talk about it because it does help. Um, that's one of the things we get trained on as coaches is just to listen if people want to. That is one of the best services we offer for listening here. Because in the world of, you know, everyone's trying to battle for communication and, you know, to be the one heard. Um, so you can't underestimate the value of being heard for an hour, 30 minutes, however long you want to talk. So come and find a coach, come and find a counsellor, come and find a, you know, someone who's trained to kind of listen. Because we're here, so come and find us.
too right. Yeah, so so that's obviously a very powerful kind of mission. So well done for that. And I'm fully fully with you and all your mental uh, health awareness sort of um, concepts that you brought to me and kind of and yeah, I'm fully supportive of quite a lot of stuff. And yeah, we we'll definitely do a lot of that. Um, that's it, I think. Right, thank you so much for kind of being so open. I know, like, that, and let's just go back and sort of. So, when did you start the sort of NLP course? Fucking, now you got me thinking. Uh, well, it was like six months ago if you nearly finished, so that would have been, yeah, July, August. I think it was September. I think it was the back end of August coming into September. Yeah, so. Round about when we started this podcast, you know, Adam set out on his NLP journey. I mean, just accredited as a coach, and yeah, well done for that journey. Like, did you shock up? You were like, wow. Um, you know, it's created a way of being for you that you know you're there to serve now, and and serve powerfully. You will like. Sure. With those skills and those, you know, understandings, and yeah, come and get coached by Adam. Just like the once Bruce Almighty said, I got the power! <laughs> I love it. Right. Without further ado then, let's draw on that courage. Build up that confidence. Let's get back on roll. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. Recording stopped.